episode two of the lost episodes of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. Again, I am Hernando Planels, and thanks so much for joining us. Today's guest, and let me set the table before I introduce her. Last year, I was in Greece working on a film, and Maria Laterza was playing in Italy. Now, Maria has a great story. She played at Marist, went on to play overseas in Italy, played for a while, then came back, worked in the workforce for five years in basketball operations with the NBA and whatnot, and then decided, you know what? I think I'm going to go back playing. So she goes back to Italy just last year during the pandemic and is playing professionally and living out her dreams. So listen to her story, the different things she's had to overcome and experience, but you will love her energy, her positivity, her focus, and just her overall aura. Sit back and enjoy Maria Laterza. I want to talk to you about the power of gratitude. It is the missing superpower when it comes to our players, our coaches, our family members, everyone. You know, so I encourage you to head over to HernandoPlanels.com. We've put together a great 30-day gratitude journal called the High Performing Gratitude Journal. It's designed for your athletes, for your coaches, for your people to increase performance each and every day. You are going to unleash the power of gratitude and you will reach levels in your life that you can't even imagine. So head over to the website, HernandoPlanels.com. Hope you pick it up and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Be Contagious Leadership Experience Podcast. I can't believe that you took the time today to show up and listen to what the knowledge we're about to drop today. But in honor of that, we've got an amazing guest all the way from Italy. Um, She is an amazing story. I actually bumped into her on LinkedIn. We'll get into that later. Um, But uh, she's in Italy. Her name is Maria, and I'm going to butcher your name. Laterza. Come on now. You crushed it. it. Now you crushed it. You're totally good. And for the ones, the the very few people around the planet who don't know who you are, give us the elevator spiel of who you are. Okay. Uh, Maria Laterza, you didn't butcher it so far. So very good. Uh, Thank you for having me on this. Obviously, it's uh, me being locked down in quarantine at the moment. We'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, my name is, uh, Maria. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, a uh, professional basketball player, occasionally, um, navigating through corporate America, like many million other Americans. I was part of the, the bunch of people who got laid off. Um, and I, I'm probably, I don't know how many people have done this, but I think I took a sabbatical at the year age of 30. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, I played yeah. basketball at Marist college. I worked in the NBA and international basketball operations for the past five years. Uh, after I was playing basketball professionally, and now I find myself in Italy somewhere under the Tuscan sun and like eat, pray, love, uh, playing <laughs> basketball again. Uh, it's very painful, but it's really gratifying. And now I'm also <laughs> coming to you live from being stuck in quarantine in another country again. So, Ooh. I mean, <laughs> I love it. I that's want pretty, it. pretty much me in a nutshell. And the people that this is the reason why, guys, that I wanted Maria on the podcast because I mean, if you caught that. She played college basketball. She's from Brooklyn, New York, in case you couldn't tell. If you couldn't tell, I'm masking my accent. I should stop. (laughs) And she worked in corporate world for five years. Five years, right? Or longer than that, actually. No, yeah, five. five. Then it was like, yo, I want to go play pro basketball at the age of 30. How many people told you you were crazy? 
I don't know. I think a lot of people are just really surprised. I kept it. I kept it honestly to myself. What I was really trying to do is find another job, but everyone else in America is also laid off. So right. um, the only the resume that I had that was really really still out there was uh, was me playing basketball. I think um, I think everyone said I was crazy. My mom is still telling me that I'm crazy because I am planning maybe to play another year. I still don't find the the job or the, the situation that, that I would like in the future. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, it's rare, but I feel like my my life and my whole entire story is rare. So I'm kind of just like, I'm always rolling with the punches, uh, riding the waves instead of just letting it take me under. So I've lost my job and I was like, you know what, let's go back and play basketball professionally. Um, I think I'm sadistic. I like a little bit of pain. I mean, obviously. <laughs> no, uh, I tell you what, this is, and I think people struggle with this in their lives every day. They can't make a decision, right? They just cannot make a decision. Now, some are forced to make a decision. You know, some make the decision on their own. Like, I know you mentioned a little bit about you being laid off, but what was like that moment where you're like, yo, I, I think I'm just going to go back and play. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time just kind of evaluating all of my options. And obviously I got laid off in July from the league. And, and my next my next big plan is to obviously insert myself in an NBA team, uh, either working somewhere in the front office or within a coaching staff. I'm really interested in like player development. Uh, my goal in the next five years is to be an assistant GM. So I have a lot of things planned, but and I and I waited. I mean, I've been applying for jobs like many, many people. Um, and but my last my last resort, because I'm the person that makes a million plans. So I have a plan Z, I'm up thinking till four in the morning, as you know, all the time. Um, and something really just within me, I had this, this backup plan to avoid paying rent in New York city because um, one person paying like a lot of rent in Manhattan is a lot. Um, I had this option. I'm, I'm fortunate. I mean, I'm, I'm a dual citizen and I played here already. Uh, I played on the Italian national team. So I have, I have my super Italian residence. I'm an Italian player on the court. Uh, and for me, it was just, it's something it's funny. I'm, I'm lucky that I'm doing it, but the reality is that this was my only other resort if I did not want to really lose all my money that I saved. So, um, it's, I say this lightheartedly, um, and I'm fortunate here, but this was really like the last thing I could think of besides renewing a new lease or moving back in with my parents, uh, and they're 55 and older. So, I mean, I was like, you know what, are we going to go back to mom and dad's, uh, or are we going to go to pack our bags and two suitcases and leave the country, go to Italy and play? <laughs> Um, I think the biggest thing has just been, I mean, I, I was around the league for, for so long and I was always in the gym, basketball, that borders, always doing camps. I think people's biggest misconception when I came back was, uh, my ability to play still. And I coincidentally, the big, it's more surprising that I'm, I came back and I'm still probably one of the top forwards in the league, or I can still play to that level. Yeah, yeah. I think than me actually coming back to play. Well, I think, well, first of all, I mean, I'm not surprised you're one of the top players in the league because as you get older, you're just smarter. You just know, like, just how to play people, like, you know how to pace yourself, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. You talked about, obviously, you're playing in Italy, played for the Italian national team, you worked in the league, played at a great basketball program at Marist. You have tons of leadership things that you, or, or leadership culture, communication things that you have seen firsthand. Mm -hmm. What are maybe two or three things that really stick out in your mind that you have really like took to heart? I think that I've always been in situations since college where unfortunately, like I was always, I've always been uh, the rule and never the exception. 
And I think a lot of people are like that. I have a super underdog dog story. Um, I didn't play many minutes in college and I was the kind of person that was, you know, we, we joke about it now, obviously I'm still very, very cool with coach Georges and all my friends at Maris, but, um, I've always been on a short lease and a lot of people are not, many of us are lucky to have a very long leash in life. Right. And these things, uh, I would say molded me to just kind of, you can't hang your head. I mean, it's just, it's just embarrassing. The one, the best way that I can describe it and how I just kind of go about things. And I just, I, I act better in, in situations where I'm a captain or I'm in a leadership role. Um, but basically because I just know that I cannot afford to mess up because there are other people that are looking up to me. Um, and in, in any turnover of life, I always put everything to basketball terms, but like, I did not have the luxury of being able to turn the ball over and even rolling my eyes because I had to go to the next play. And, and that's kind of just how I transition into everything now where it's just like next play turnover, next play, like 14 more days of quarantine, next play, uh, lost my job, next play, uh, season got canceled next play. Um, cause you know, I think, I think everything is in hindsight, right? So I think the, the two biggest things is, is that mentality of next play and, and just always thinking big picture. Um, and I think one of my biggest struggles probably early on as I was coming into like my rookie, my corporate years is that I've always been such a big picture thinker. Um, I'm super analytical, but I'm always, I don't, I'm trying to always see ahead. I'm super, I'm super like empathic. And I, the biggest thing that I understood that uh, a lot of times, maybe the, the stuff that's in hindsight, um, I won't pay that much attention to because sometimes those things don't really matter because it's just perspectives. And, and I'm always just thinking like five blocks ahead. You know, we can only see what's in front of us, but I'm always thinking what's after. So that kind of helps me, I think, um, get through a lot of situations that are difficult, but I keep in mind that everyone goes through difficult situations, especially in the last year or so. So I don't think that I'm any, any different than many people. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I would say you're wrong, wrong in the fact that you're, you're like, what, what, now one thing that I've noticed about you in my conversation with you is that you're very responsible. Meaning, like you just get stuff done. Thank you. Right. I mean, yeah. for the ones who don't know, I'm I'm in I'm in Athens. I'm working on a film about blah blah blah, and I needed some basketball players. And I contacted Maria, and she was like, "Yo, I know this dude. I know this person. This person." And it was, you know, I, I reached out to a lot of people, and I think being someone that they could count on, which is which is you, which is why you mm-hmm. worked in, in the league, why so many people think highly of you is, is so important. Did you grow up that way? Um, where are you like in the, in the, like, are you the oldest? Are you the youngest? Like, where are you in the family structure? If you had a guess, what would you think? Oh, okay. You said your parents are over 55. Yep. So you're very responsible, but you're not afraid of failure, which I don't think you're the oldest. Now, most of the time, the oldest are the ones yeah. who are like super responsible, but they're afraid of failure, so they don't take care of it. I'm an only child. Oh! Um, I'm an only child. Most people don't guess because I love being around people, um, but I'm an only child, and my parents are, I come from an immigrant, it's super Italian-American family, uh, grew up in Brooklyn, and really, the, really on the borderline between Beth Beach, Bensonhurst, and Coney Island. So um, I have a lot of super <laughs> good fellas background. Like my mom has a super tall Italian accent. Like this is how she talks every day on yeah. Sunday dinner. 
And then, uh, and then the other half was obviously where it became, I was playing basketball on Coney Island, just getting beat up all the time. So, um, and I grew up in the era of like the nineties sort of basketball, rough, tough ball. So that's kind of why this, I'm the center and how I am, but I think it's how I am in life. Anyway, I, I grew up around a lot of immigrant people that families that were, uh, you know, lower to middle class and, you know, public schools my whole life. And my, my parents just kind of fall for everything. And then being an only child in a household where English is not the, the first language, uh, and your parents work d- b- double shifts all the time. I was raised by my grandmother. Didn't really ever have anyone. I've always been figuring it out. My parents have been super supportive, but when you get home from school and no one can help you with your homework because no one speaks English, um, you know, I, I was really just fortunate that I had always really, really great support between like schools, classes, family, but there were times where I would come home and I just needed to figure out this math problem. And this is, you know, before Google and any, any type of tool to really help you. So I think since I was younger, that sort of, uh, mentality was just really instilled in me. Um, and you just, you just figure it out, I think. And a lot of that transitions to even just how I play basketball and so much of how I play the game. I noticed that when it was time to transition to corporate, how I play the game and how I attack the game is, is how I attack work and in, in regular life. Like, you have to play a role, you have to be a role. I, I learned that. And there were times where sometimes you need to take initiative and be extremely responsible and kind of take the lead. But um, I'm pretty easy kind of fluctuating between both with whatever I need to do at that point in life. You know, you just always have right. to be ready. Yeah. The, you, you really, you know, what I've learned from you is that you, you really have all these different experiences and you have this uh, ability to make decisions i know right now you're trying to figure out like you mentioned earlier you know what direction you want to go how much does that that weigh on you but how are you like working through it as well too because there's a lot of people who are in your shoes but they let it weigh on weigh them down you know i think the biggest the biggest thing is that people aren't talking about how much that that weighs people down and, and on the internet and, and a bunch of different places, we, you know, we only, we only publicize our wins. Right. But, um, if I learned anything this year and I, I transitioned to a losing team, right. Um, we didn't, you know, hit our marks this season. And I, it was the first time that I was on a losing team, but, uh, I realized that I've learned more this year within my losses than I did ever winning. And I, before this year, I didn't really have, a, and I'll say this, like, I think it was just my time. Like I didn't have, a losing season. I worked hard for all the wins that I got, but, um, nothing quite like this, nothing in, in, in this year as, as whole. So, um, I got to the point I came out here in February and you know, we, it was a tough year. So obviously, you know, money finances, and you're just trying to figure it out because we, we all make plans. We have, we have our five-year goal. We have our 10-year goal, but at the end of the day, like you can't, you don't know what life has in store for you. Like you can make all these plans and it's going to change like that. A lot of us learned that this year. So, I think for me, actually, it's been just focusing on being in the moment and, and doing what I need to do. It's been difficult because obviously you have all these pressures and I have so many ambitions that I want to do and continue working in corporate and continue work for a team. But, um, I understand that I'm a person who is of service. I'm always going to work in service. Like I want to help people however I can. I, that's just how I've been since I'm younger. Um, even kind of basketball player I am like, I'm the one who is, I would much rather like lay somebody out on a screen to get you open for a three, but you know, like that's, I enjoy that stuff. A nice little assist is fine with me. Um, but I I think the biggest thing is just recognizing that it's okay to be in a tough place. Um, and just, just assessing it in the moment. Like you can't, I can't, you can't, and only focusing on what you can control. 
there are so many things. 99, 99% of life is like how you react to what is happening to you. Yeah. And a lot of times there's a lot of different pressures. And then like, I'm, I'm thirties and I should be doing so many different things at this point in my life. But what is it that I really want to do? And I say, the only thing that I've done that's very, very different is I'm, I'm merging my current, my current situation with my long-term goals. So I want to work in the league. Then I'm actually out here aside from being in this quarantine situation. Uh, my plan was to really come out here and put myself in a position to do international scouting, to continue to send my scouting reports to an NBA teams because I recognized that scouts couldn't travel. Um, my plan was to maybe go recruit the BAL or go out to BAL when they launch, knowing that being myself in Italy set me up for something for the longer term. So, um, to think as far ahead, I don't, I don't know if I did really, but it just worked out that way. Um, but I really, <laughs> the advice that I would give to people is just, it's okay also to be still. Uh, it's very okay to be still. And for me, this is difficult. I'm from New York. I walk like a hundred miles an hour. Everything I do, I'm super high energy. I think the biggest thing that I've, uh, that I had to master and then I'm very much focused on mastering for the longevity of my career or my growth as a person is learning to be still and, and really having that, you know, that patience that you talked about in the beginning, because now everything is sort of, is really, really coming together for me in a way that I don't think it would have that I not lost my job had I been continued doing you know, what I was doing. You know, so correct me if I'm wrong. It's a lot. I'm wrong a lot. No, no. It, I mean, that, that was, woo, I'm telling you, fire. People are like, bars? Oh, Is this bars? It's bars, straight bars. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> the, um, so I'm, I'm like, so what, would you say that you are in the process of understanding your purpose or are you in the process of knowing who you are as an individual, which allows you to move in a certain direction? I think that I know both of those. I think now I'm in the process of figuring out how I can maximize all my skills, but my talents and how to make other people better and how to really, how to, how to, how to, how to navigate both of these things, how to really continue to work on them, to put myself in a position where I can help people who are kind of like myself or have had, you know, similar similar situational things that you don't see i think that's that's the space that i'm at now like i'm really really growing to be somebody who um can be in an organization or in a place that can make important decisions based off what benefits the people that are around them mm -hmm. by the way i love the fact that you thought of the international scouting when i yeah. was coaching in japan all these other countries that fired me i would go in and do the exact same thing i would write scout reports yeah. on different teams send them over and you know and that's what's proving your value right that, that yeah. like that i helps. mean it's you know I, I it's interesting i we always have these you know these these days at work well i mean every even the job that you love to have every i love basketball i just i really can't breathe without this i realized that this year but we're always gonna have bad days and i'm gonna i'll work in corporate and you always have one of those bad days and i, and I noticed though within the five years that i was that i was working i loved what i was doing i was traveling doing basketball without borders i loved the team that i was with i was so fortunate for this experience and, and I, even now to this day i say i got like my my nba in international basketball operations <laughs> um and but the, the thing was you know we we all have a bad day or we have a day where we you know get annoyed with something or we put out maybe 17 million fires that day that happens but I noticed that whenever that happened for me, I was, because I retired very prematurely, I had this great opportunity to go work in the league. So I didn't turn it down, but because I retired prematurely on my bad days, 
I was always one call away to call my agent and be like, find me a team. Like, I'm just, I'm going to come back to play. And the thing that I recognize is that I, when I lost my job, I feel like the, the really, really difficult part was realizing that I made such a big sacrifice to playing the game. Um, and I, you know, thought it was going to be obviously long haul and that wasn't the easiest of things to go through. Like I wasn't saying I lost my job and I was extremely happy. It was a very difficult time. Um, but the feeling, the sensation I got is that I had given up on the game, uh, for this other opportunity. And I invested so much time into the game, giving back. I was in Africa doing camps, India, China, all over the world, giving back to people, um, which was extremely gratifying. Um, but Still in that same token, I'm very much being on the court. And it's funny because people, when, whenever you would see me at any basketball without borders camp or all-star weekend, like despite being very, very fluid on the court, I would stay away from the court as, as far as possible. Because every time I would step into it, even if it was for five, five, 10 minutes, like that thought in my mind of I should be playing still would yeah. go in. And then, but also like you, I had this amazing job opportunity network. So I didn't, you know, I, I had to make, really, really big, mature adult decisions. I, I think as an athlete early, but I recognize how fortunate I was to be in those shoes because I have friends now that are playing over here overseas and, you know, they're, everyone's trying to think of what the next step is. So, um, it came full circle for me in February. This was like my last call, my last probably shot to go in my windows closing. And, um, I, I recognize for a second, I thought that maybe basketball kind of like I got got by the game because I, I get, you know, I'd given so much to it, but how did I end up in this position? And just when I thought that, um, I had this opportunity to come back to play again. So I know that, you know, now this, this like little urge or this, this feeling in the pit of my stomach, honestly, I, it, it has, I know that I'm going to like feel better about this in the future. Once I'm done, like once I do this last, the la everything that I miss about playing, which is really just probably being competitive and being around my team and all, all the being sore, the long bus rides, yeah. all the things you think that you, uh, <laughs> that you'll never miss are all the things that you do. So, um, I know what, what the future holds for me in, in terms of my ambitions and stuff. And, and it's okay to kind of just focus on yourself and regroup. I want to, I want to arrive to that point. Um, if I'm at an organization or I'm in a place where I'm in a leadership role where, um, I could be full inside and, and not have any regrets on, on something I did. Cause I always yeah. want, now I know how important it is to always be present in, in where you are. Yeah. Now what, did I answer the question? Um, no, you probably not, <laughs> but I, even no, I don't think I did. Sorry. Was. Okay. But sorry. Here, here's the uh, thing. You went in like, like so many different directions, which I love. I know I talk a lot with my hands. Literally people think I'm going to attack them, but I'm like, no, I, not. I'm like a karate child. The, um, so then what advice would you give? Like, if someone out there, right, someone's listening to this and they're like, yo, I have so many things I want to do. You sound, you've come across, you are confident, powerful, forceful, which aren't, which are super positive things. What, what advice would you tell people, um, specifically women, I think, that, yeah. that want to do, maybe, maybe not want to do what you want to do, but want to get to your place mentally? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think it's, it, it's tuning out a lot of the noise that's around us. And I, I think in this year, a lot of people really spent, a, we're fortunate to spend a lot of time alone, but they were still uh, maybe like scared to and always in their phone. And there's so many different ways now to kind of keep in touch with people. But I think that you'd really, 
to get to this point of, of sort of a piece is just knowing that like there's, there's regardless throughout your whole career, there's going to be so many variables within whatever happens that you can't control. Yeah. And it's not going to be your fault. Like I, and, and I say this in my, I, I get, I was working great within the league and like had COVID never happened, I would have never lost my job. We would have kept on doing camps around the world and I would have, you know, I would have woke, but I would have picked my head up and this is what it feels like. Honestly, the last five years seemed like a blur. I don't, I really can't, I can't piece together 26 to 30 as I try to reflect on it now because we're constantly going. It's like the next camp, the next thing. And I, and when you love what you do, you don't even realize that time passes, especially when you're with people that you also like your team, like people that you work with that you also enjoy. So, um, but time does pass. And so it's, it's so important to really be able to be in positions to stop and take a step back. And, and I don't know, I, I might get like condemned for even saying this, but I got to a point at 26, 27 or 28 when I realized that like, I did not want, my job for me is not number one. And to, and, and it's so, it's such taboo to say, I feel like I'm even, but it's not. Um, I played basketball competitively since I was 14 and um, basketball has always been number one. And when I was playing overseas, I so many funerals, I couldn't make so many weddings, so many big important things where like my family and my well-being, like that, that balance is so, so, so important. Um, so I already, I had this perspective already when I was about 27, 28, trying to stay in shape and just really trying to find the work-life balance. But the biggest thing is, is what are your priorities and what are your goals? Everyone's different. My advice is to just not take life too seriously and just really be able to differentiate between hindsight and big picture. Um, but it's not easy. I'm still, I mean, I, I go through this every day. I have something, you know, something goes wrong and I'm like, Oh my gosh. But at the end, like I just, everything is all conditional. It's all in your mind. Like I can't, I mean, we can, you, if you could choose to be upset and I mean, I have, we all have anxiety. I play basketball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I'm, my anxiety is through the roof. But I'm, if I'm not 15 minutes before somewhere, I'm freaking out. It's just basketball anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Like those are little, like your phone, like I'm already still in meetings. And if my phone, if I hear a phone, I'm like, I hope it's not mine. Like I'm nervous yeah. that my phone might go off, but I turned it off. Those little things. Um, but all of these things are all a, just a thought. Um, and sometimes when, when things are rough, like those are exactly the moments that you need to be in to grow. Yeah. Uh, and then just that goes for professionally that goes for in any kind of like way of life. Um, I don't know if I necessarily have the rubric, but, uh, I'm just trying to be better at it and I'm trying to make light of situations that aren't ideal or not what we see, but just because the situation now in hindsight is not what is not what we want it to be. It does not mean that if it's just like walking down in the middle of the street, you can only see to maybe the next stop sign. You don't know what's three or four blocks in front of you. Right. Where? So I think it's just being optimistic, perseverance. Yeah. But where did you, obviously you talked like you played basketball since, for a long time. Where did this um, personality, where did this attitude, wh- where was it cultivated? I've been through a lot of really bad shit. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's the best way. Just like, yo, I just honestly, like, I think it, it was cultivated early on in college. Um, you know, I think, uh, I didn't, I, for those who I don't like to reflect too much of the past, but I didn't play at all in college. So I was on a very successful team, super successful program. I loved everything about the situation that I was at, except for the, for my playing time. And there was nothing I could really, really do about it. Um, I loved where I was. The only thing that and I was at a young age, I was able to recognize that like everything around me is great. Yeah. I chose to be here because I did, I made my choice the right way. I made that list they make you to do. And I picked the, I picked yeah. the right one. Everything's around me is great. We're winning. 
the only thing that I don't like is that I don't play. And so I worked hard. I just had to, you had to, you had to just, well, this is what it is. You don't want to leave here. Um, and then, you know, then even my pro career. So even me going to play professional basketball from a mid major and you average eight minutes a game, you don't, you're not a thousand point scorer. Like for those who really know how basketball is internationally, like that doesn't happen. Right. So then my whole professional career from 21 to 26, despite me, probably if I went to a big East school, I would have been completely different trajectory of a player. I just, happened that way i was still competing against people that i was probably arguably better than um but i had to prove that every year so even now i I retired and i came back to play in the maximum league in a1 in italy but for three or four years i was playing in in second leagues having to win a championship every year to get a call up yeah every that's the only way and that was my goal to go to top league and then you know maybe make a a WNBA training camp um and then i i'd gotten injured and life kind of went that way, but I had to win a championship every year. Mm-hmm. I had to have a double, double every game because otherwise I was, it doesn't, I was going to be just in that pack of people who were like, ah, oh, she's all right. She might just be like an Italian post and get by like right. even competing on the national team. Like on the national team, you can only have one, um, Italian passport player. Um, and so, so there's so many people with Italian passports. So on top of then having to compete for a spot of, 12 people to go to a European championship. I might have to, on top of that, I'm competing with like three or four other people who have a passport in different positions. So I've just always had to compete I think, my whole life. Um, and it just gets to the point where there's just that self-knowledge where, I mean, when you, if you're putting in the work uh, and you, you've played against, or you've worked with people that are really at high levels. I mean, I, I grew up in New York city in the, you know, the late two thousands and I was playing against Tina Charles my whole life and Epiphany Princes. And like, when I go down the list of all the people in New York that I grew up playing with, that I was on the same list as they're all the WBA. <laughs> right. Right. And I think when I was younger that I grew up playing at like West fourth and when everyone was coming back from the big East in the summer times in the court, like I'm still able to hold my ground. So I think it is, um, people are always going to try to put limits on you. And that's what I, on everything, like it is, it makes me so angry now how much people try to limit you, especially when you get into situations that are maybe not the most ideal, but it just happens. They're going to keep limiting you. I don't like having limits on anything. I actually hate, I hate can't, I hate the word don't. I, it re- I will really get angry at somebody um, if they, if they do that, because you just don't know. And, and for me, a perfect example, like this year, my, you know, me, me being in shape is, it was like the biggest thing. Like, am I going to be too heavy to run or do this and all that stuff? I haven't played in five years. But I know the work that I was putting in after work for my work. So I was always in the gym. I was always staying in shape. And then I'm laughing because I'm like, I've been in like every coaching clinic the NBA has put on internationally for the last five years. So I'm like, I know, I know what I'm capable of. Right. Um, I think the biggest thing is just not letting outside noise tell you what you're capable of. I even get tired. Like I used to get it when I was searching for mentors, like I'm still searching for some. So everyone hit me up. It's fine. But we also get into the habit as we're, as we're, as we're searching for mentors, we get into this innate habit of asking people to tell us what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I just, I know what I realized with this is that I had every plan from July to February, I had every plan in the book for me to work with a different team and just go here. I was waiting for the G league bubble. I was waiting for a bunch of different things and opportunities to kind of roll out. And in the end, this was like my last resort. 
my lease was up in January, coming to Italy would have been my last resort. And really the reality when I reflected on the, my last resort was really the one I wanted most. <laughs> Hold on. I wanted to play back. Wait, wait. And no one's shocked. You no one's shocked. need to repeat that bar. Okay. So I made every plan in the book from July. July lost my job. I had every plan in the book. They were great plans. I had fortunately very good connections. I had people who've always wanted to be helping and just kind of just saying like, hey, just wait it out. Things are going to turn up in the league. I, I was interviewing to go to the bubble. I had every plan in the book. And I, but if none of those plans worked, so I had many of them, different routes, I would come back to Italy play. This was my plan Z. I'm like, you know what? I'm Italian. I'll go. I'll come back to Italy play. But realistically, when I really reflect now, out of all the plans I had, plan Z was the plan that deep down I really wanted the most. Yeah. And I think I probably needed the most, honestly. So, um, and when I realized that now, as I, as I turn to next season and, and what I want, like, obviously I have been so much pressure and now more jobs are opening within the league and all different teams. And there's going to be a lot of movement this summer. So I'm still interviewing and I'm still trying to find the best fit just in case. But, um, I had to have a serious conversation with myself and I said, I'm like, what do I want? Um, what, what is best for my past? <laughs> Um, and I'm one of those people who can't make a decision. So don't, I'm like, I'm the person that like, do you want a or B? And I'm like, let's just get both. (laughs) But that's what I say all the time. Let's get both. So I'm here. I have to make a lot of money to get, to afford everything. (laughs) So it's that. So, but also I think, I think it's just funny you say, like, if you're not somebody with a lot of money, then you're not getting anything. Right. So, um, you might as well just go with the one that, that suits you and that, that you need the most. And for me, it, it's just been this. So I'm, I'm thinking about playing another year. I'm still going to go about life the same way, but I think even me coming to the point and just saying, Hey, like I want to play basketball one more year. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I'm going to say this, like for the people who are struggling to make decisions, the ones that you think is your last resort and you're absolutely right, is the one that you really, really want. And yeah. and I think you just have to grab what you want. I mean, people, I tell uh, athletes all the time, especially men athletes, right? They're always waiting to go overseas. They're always waiting. I said, listen, man, when you're at the club, do you wait to talk to somebody or do you go and talk to somebody? And they're like, no, I, I, I mean, go talk to someone. Well, then Sometimes they send people or do you send somebody? You yeah. usually send somebody. You can't, like, no, you like, yo, I'm going to go talk to you. I'm like, hello. Like, I, I don't care if I get left at. Right. But you're putting yourself out there with everything else. Yo, I love your I read, story. Damn. Yo, I read, a, yo, so I, I, I read this, uh, I think the book is called The 1% and it, and it talks about the term inertia. Uh, and it's so interesting because I read it at the perfect time, but it basically talks about how like I'm very, and I'm super philosophical. I re- very much believe in like energy and how everything mm-hmm. flows. And it's just, it's just the nature of life. And this one concept was so interesting is that the only things that are completely stagnant in inertia are people that are dead. <laughs> yeah. And the longer that you stay in, in a place of inertia, nothing is happening around you because you're not in movement. And for a lot of people this year, I think that that was a big struggle because a lot of us were just kind of quarantined in our house. We weren't moving. And I didn't have a lot of stuff going on for a couple of months. And those months were extremely difficult and super anxious because then you had people like, hey, what are you going to do next? And then there's like, obviously, so many people lost their jobs. So it's very embarrassing. Like, how do you explain to your next person? Like, oh, yeah, I lost my job because of COVID. But there are so many things that go into that. But you can 
once you are in the state of inertia, you're completely staying. You're you're putting yourself in a place to stay completely still. The second I got on a plane, or the second that I announced I, I had to make a video for a team, that I made this, I took a decision to put myself in motion. Uh, everything started to kind of circulate around it, and I'm super fortunate for it. But it had to take me moving kind of changing air or changing directions or just doing something that nobody thought I should do. Or everyone thought that was like, they're like ridiculous. And they're like, Maria, you should be thinking about investing, buying properties and kind of like, why don't you settle down? And, and for me, I felt like I needed to be here. And the second that I came to what I felt was like you said, my plan Z, the one that the one I put off is I'm like, this is the one that you just say like, this is childish. Like you need to yeah. grow up and you need to really just the real world is here. I know I've been there. Um, this is, this is the one that I wanted the most. This is the plan that I wanted the most. So, um, I wonder how much less stress I would have went through the last yeah. seven months if I would have just did this in September. Yeah. Yeah. That's so kind of, my I do it. that's, I'm blown away. I'm literally blown away because what you're saying is what people are searching for and it hits them in the face over and over again yeah. and they don't take the action. Yeah. With it. And I, I tell people all the time, like, even though your dream job isn't happening, are you just taking steps toward it? But even like right. putting resumes in, making phone calls, just saying hello to people makes you right. feel like you're doing something which raises your energy level. I think that's the biggest thing too, raising your frequency and your energy. And sometimes too, like we are in such a, a special place now that we can work from home. And like, I don't even know if I believe in the concept of time anymore, because I think that if you have, to, you, you just have to be ready to work overtime but that there's yeah. always time to do stuff. Um, and there's so much time to be creative and there are even just different avenues. Like if you want to work somewhere and you have these ideas and you're very driven, you have your own, like, just create it, create your own reality, create your own space. I mean, I, I, I'm still very much community driven. So, um, I miss so much of summer doing camps and kind of helping people that I, the same kind of models that I learned from basketball without borders for, people from like Senegal, India and Africa, China, Asia, Latin America, all these places I've been. Um, I still wanted to do caps. So in, in the summer, I was like, you know what? I want to do like volunteer basketball clinics that are for free just for my neighborhood um, to keep myself busy, to keep myself in motion. I think that like the other thing too, is like, if you can't, I always go back to basketball terms, but um, if you don't consistently work on your jumper, you're going to get stiff. Yeah. That's, and that's everything. That's the way it is. The um, all right. When people want to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Where do they find you? Because I'm telling you, you're gonna get tons of messages. Think so. Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Um, but actually, all platforms. I'm pretty good. Instagram. I'm very. I'm very very active on the Instagram, on the gram, and uh, and LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. Now, final question. Okay. When they make the Maria Baturza full feature film who's playing you oh my gosh the full feature film who is yeah. that let's this is tough uh we drop bombs here on the bcle oh my goodness i don't even know i think i think i want um is it the the, the girl who, who played superwoman oh oh yeah, yeah. yes yep. i know who you're talking about yeah don't know the name that's what i want but I, you know I what i'm talking it. about right it's yeah, the, yeah. the actress i want the actress from superwoman yeah, perfect. Done deal. I get on the call. Like, yeah. yo, we're about to make a movie. We're not going to make any money right now. Maybe in 20 years, but we're going to go ahead and... Maybe I can play myself. 
can I do an, can I do like a 50 cent M&M and just play myself? I wouldn't doubt that you could. So yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, We're doing it. Well, yo, I appreciate you coming on and it's great. I love your story. Love your energy. Just, I just love what you're about. Like you're, you're, you, and I said this to you, like you really are a light for people. Like when people are trying to find their way, like they have to listen to you and just even, not even your story, it's your tone. It's like the things you say, like, yo, I'm hyped. I'm about to get the workout in right now. Like that's how hyped I am. You should listen. I just, I feel like sometimes you get to point in life where you're like, it cannot get, it, it, once you, a lot of people feel like they hit rock bottom. So this is my last bar night. A lot of people are going to feel like you hit rock bottom and that's normal, but rock bottom, I feel, or having your back against the wall, that's, that's the best place to one, then go for, forward because you can't go any more back to the wall than this. When you're on rock bottom, there's only one place you can continue goes up. So, I mean, uh, that's how I'm just, that's how I'm just trying to take life. Um, and, and just, you, you need to just be honest with yourself. I think the, the worst thing is that we're not a lot of people aren't advertising their failures and there's, there's so much of it. I'm not afraid to advertise my failures. I'm not afraid to be organic or as genuine as possible because that's the reality of it. Uh, and we're all going through something. And, and the even bigger reality is that like, there are some people who are probably going through something much worse than we are. Absolutely. It doesn't invalidate that you are going through something crazy. Um, but I try to always just think that it, it could be a lot, usually it could be a lot worse than where we are. We're, we're in a pandemic and we're able to still speak. So, 100%. yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming Thank you on. For Thank me. you so much. It's been awesome. You can't help but be super excited and energized and motivated when hearing Maria's story. For her to be in Italy, start over, then start over again is a thing of beauty. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today on the last episode of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. Please do me a favor. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the BCLE, and please give us a rating. I'd love five stars if possible, but if you don't think so, that's fine. But I want your comments, your DMs. Let us know how we can continue to inspire you in your everyday life. Remember, guys, you are an inspiration to so many people. I love you, and I can't wait to hear your story.